everybody. Welcome to the JK Podcast. My name is Juan. And I'm Kyle. And you have reached us for the second time in a row, which is amazing. Truly amazing. So Juan, I got to start off. We're week two recap. Please let me know how you focused your weekend in the sporting world. Tell me how you spent your time and how you suffered. Please share that with everybody. Suffered? Um, so this weekend, I would say the weekend started off on Thursdays as it normally does for me. Uh, I was excited about the NFL Hall of Fame game. I was excited that there's going to be football on. I told myself I was going to buy some wings, drink some beer, and turn on the TV. Well, I turned it on for probably about 30 minutes and then I stopped watching the game and <laughs> fell asleep. I, I just wanted to stay awake to see Lamar Jackson start playing and then that, that never happened. So, and that was it. That was probably it for uh, football. Most of my weekend was uh, spent playing golf. I had a local tournament here called the Summer Games that I played in and that was uh, quite a bit of fun. And that's what I meant by suffering. Oh. Anytime you're on the golf course, I feel like that's there's a little piece of suffering. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a little rough, especially the first day. The course that we played was not the best, and by not the best, I mean I think it's going to be open for another 60 days, and then probably will be closed down. Right. Right. Um, from it, so not not a great day for the course, but had a lot of fun. Um, from there and of course the the second day was a lot better <clears throat> a lot better course a lot better scores and uh, actually my uh, team my partner and I we uh, came in fourth place and actually got in the money we uh, won $30 each on gift cards for both golf courses uh, we won probably 20 to $30 each from our friends because they played horrible you better utilize and that gift certificate at the course that's closing down pretty soon. They might have a nice sleeve of restrictions. <laughs> well, the funny thing of what I did with that gift card was uh, it was $30 to the course that was about to shut down. Um, my partner got $30 to the course that was actually nice and people want to play again. So I, I was trying to debate on should I trade with him, you know, like what should I do? Um, some gentlemen at the table they came in uh, fifth place right behind us and they had $20 gift cards and I did a quick barter with him and I ch exchanged my $30 gift card for his $20 gift card to the better course very nice so I, I did lose $10 but I really didn't because I don't. The course was so bad and left such a bad taste in my mouth that I don't even want to go back in there to get thirty dollars worth of free things. Some good negotiation tactics. Exactly. I like it. So it, it was pretty good. How How about your weekend, Kyle? Spent a couple of days at the beach. Would offer to be the chaperone with the kids when they would go in to take a nap, so I could go inside and catch up on all the activities occurring this weekend, so really, quote-unquote, took one for the team um, during nap time this week, but it was good. It was good. Father of the year. Yeah, but I I got to tell you, old Urban made it pretty easy for us, didn't he? 
Oh, the Urbanator, our uh, our friend from Ohio. He's all. Oh, he's always been from Ohio. Former coach of the Florida Gators. Former coach of the Utah Utes. Whatever their mascot is. I think it's the Utes. Do you know what a Ute is? No. What is a Ute? I think it's a Native American tribe. I was hoping you would know. Why? I don't know. With your ethnic background, I feel like, you know, you know more about this. There's a Ute vehicle. A Ute vehicle? (laughs) I don't think they're the uh, Ute vehicles. Who is the maker of a Ute vehicle? The Ute people are Native American. You are correct. From the Chemehuepe and Southern Paloot people. Of course, the Chemehuepe. Of course, mm. yeah. And they're a big significant population, not only Utah, of course, but Nevada, okay. Colorado, Arizona. Mm. So, I first time I've ever uh, heard of the, the Ute people. You know, I feel like it's a trend at this point where each week we're going to slowly just tick off one group of people at a time until there will be nobody supporting us. You know, I bet there is a great documentary on the Ute people in YouTube TV. <laughs> no doubt YouTube TV supports the Ute family. Probably yeah. just YouTube. I don't think I have to say YouTube TV. Can you just say YouTube instead of YouTube Short TV? Name. We're, we're on a first name basis. They are sponsors of the show, proud supporters. We're on a first name basis. Just YouTube. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably a little bit better. But... We're not here to talk about the youths, per se. That we know of, yeah. That we know of, because as we all heard, Urban Meyer had a little bit of a scandal. He was put on um, paid, keyword paid, administrative leave by the University of Ohio for knowing about the incident with Zach Smith, his former wide receivers coach that he had at the University of, oh, the Ohio State University. Yes, it's me. not excuse University of, it's Ohio State University. Um, Zach Smith was his wide receivers coach there since Urban's been at Ohio State when he was hired in 2012. Um, he recently got fired in uh, late July 2018. And right after that, in early August, uh, Urban was put on administrative leave over the weekend. So how did we get here, Kyle? How did we go from Utes to Urban Meyer being put on administrative leave? Well, I think that's what happens when you start beating women. You, you Bad things happen to you and to those around you. And it's very clear that many people knew about this. The question is who, and did Urban know about it? In my opinion, there is no question about him knowing. He obviously knew. What's really interesting to me is that apparently his wife knew, Shelly Meyer, whom had met with Zach and uh, his wife and tried to help counsel them and work through their issues they were having. So. Not only did she know, she was working on their marriage with them. Um, it's I've heard stories of the entire coaching staff, their wives, knowing the situation, what is going on. It's 
very disturbing if that's the case. I feel like that actually makes it worse if all the wives are aware of it and nothing is done, uh, especially in today's society with everything going on, all the different movements and you know the rights for that everybody. It, it, regardless, the, the Ute clan, now that we've offended them, no doubt, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I just think it's it's a very bizarre scenario. Urban had to have known and covered it up for years. What's interesting to me is why uh, this doesn't seem to be somebody who's that we know of an extremely valuable asset. I obviously they had a relationship and were I'm sure very close, but it's it's very bizarre. But you know, when when you say that. Somebody that we know of. You mean, are you you're referring to Zach Smith? Yes. That they don't. It's not a. He's not a high-profile coach. He's not like a. Well, I don't. Lane Kiffin. Correct. Or a, you know, um, what's the what's the Tennessee coach that is now with um, with Alabama? He just got fired. Butch Jones. Butch Jones. That's high profile. Right. This is this is not a coordinator. This is a positions coach. He was a grad assistant while at UF, and then progressed. You know, kind of moved his way up the Did ranks. Did you also know though that he, his ties with Urban go way back. His grandfather was a coach, correct? His grandfather was Earl Bruce. Okay. Coach Earl Bruce, famous in Ohio State. That is his grandfather. But also, he was a walk-on at Bowling Green when Urban was the coach. Okay. So this dates back all the way to one of Urban's first jobs in, in college football. I'm not sure if he was an assistant at Utah. I know he was a grad assistant at UF. Can, I don't know if he can be a grad assistant more than once or twice. Maybe he has like 10 degrees. Who, know, who knows? He could have. Uh, I'm not sure of the hierarchy of the grad assistant. Personally, if I could be a grad assistant, I think it's a great thing, right? You finish playing college, you can't find a job, you go with the coaches that you've known, and you just get a bunch of degrees. I'm for it if they want to do it for five to ten years. Right, right. No problem. But regardless, he was a walk-out Bowling Green, worked with Urban at UF, and in 2009 at UF, he choked his wife, who was pregnant with their their child, their firstborn, and it was like one year anniversary that, that this happened. So some of this, um, I'm a little, it was interesting to see how that plays out with the 2015 incident uh, of the whole 2009, because UF runs a pretty clean program. They fired a wide receivers coach just because he made illegal contact with a recruit in Miami. And by illegal contact, we're not saying he hit him or, or, or did any physical abuse. We're saying they were at a restaurant together and he talked with a recruit in during the no talking or no contact period. So Jeremy Foley, during this time, you know, now we have Scott Strickland at, at UF, but Jeremy Foley ran a tight ship. So it's hard for me to imagine that when, if something like this happened, um, Jeremy Foley would not 
trim the fat, get rid of Zach Smith, and and some kind of discipline be taking. I don't think there's I don't and we can certainly single out Florida um, for doing the right thing, but it's hard to believe any major university wouldn't cut him if they were aware of the situation. When you're talking to a grad assistant, there's no reason. I mean, that's not a position that's hard to replace. Let's be honest. And I, I don't know if Urban knew about it then. I don't, my guess is probably not. In my opinion, anybody who abuses a woman should, I mean, I, I think should be in prison for a extremely long time, uh, especially when you're doing it in front of a child. Not that, that if you're not doing it in front of a child, it makes it any better, but I mean, it's a pretty messed up situation. Absolutely. And what's what's even crazy, it's hard for me not to think that Urban knew in 2009. The guy is Earl Bruce's grandson. Earl Bruce is a legend in Ohio State. Listen, I don't know anything about Ohio State. I just know there's Earl Bruce, there's famous coaches, they're annoying fans. Florida beat them in the national championship and spanked them, and I loved every minute. I loved when they lost to LSU as as well. We're probably not going to have a lot of Ohio State fans listening to this. But I I do think that when there's a prominent person in there, and Urban is kind of a psychological guy, he wants to help people out, I, I think he definitely had a vested interest in him. And it's hard for me not to believe that Urban said, I'm going to give this guy a chance. You know, I, I can work, I can fix him. I, I can make this this guy better. But the more, the other interesting thing I think about is, okay, U.S. thing happened, it's over. We all make mistakes. Let's let's give the guy a chance. Now Urban goes in 2012 and gets a new job. When you get a job, you get vetted. You get a background check. You get asked about what kind of coaches you're going to hire. You have hiring and firing power, and, and you go through this this whole process. Would somebody from Ohio State not look up the fact and say, Irving says, I want to hire Zach Smith as it. Well, let's look into Zach Smith and make sure that there's nothing wrong with him, the background checks, checks out, and, and everything's okay. So did that happen at Ohio State when Urban first got hired? And they knew about it because now that changes the narrative of Ohio State as a as a university knew about it. The administration, the athletic administration knew about it. It's not just on Urban; it's his bosses that that knew. And or or you can tell me that he didn't know, and they didn't do a background check on any of the coaches that Urban Meyer hired and said we have a great coach, we trust him, and we're fully 100 percent. Behind you, just hire any anybody you want. The la- that last part, I, it's hard for me to believe that that's what actually happened. So, I really do think that Ohio State, somebody in the administration has to know. Somebody went and did a background check, and so this was already part of it in 2009. I don't know if I necessarily disagree with that. If we see it with the Michigan State scandal, we've seen it with Baylor multiple major universities, Penn State, um, you know, have covered up tracks such as this. And this may not have seemed like a, a big deal at the time. Um, you know, if it a standoff event, you know, by itself, no, no big deal, right? Well, I just think with 
here's what we know. We know texts were exchanged between he and his wife. He admitted to abusing her in the text, unless somebody's producing doctored text. I mean, it, it's to me, the facts are there. It seems pretty straightforward. I, I don't think there's any denying that it happened. Really, I think it comes down to, as you were saying, who knew? If the university knew about it, it's a much bigger deal. I don't believe the university would hire this you know, independent board to investigate if it was, in fact, something the university truly knew about. I think they are doing it to determine how can we get rid of Urban with doing it legally, uh, spending as little money as possible and with as little backlash as possible. And let's be honest, Urban, it, one of the best college football coaches of all time, one of the worst people of all time. Nobody <laughs> likes Urban as a person. And that's, we're talking facts, that is confirmed. I mean, he, this guy is a jerk. Uh, when I, you know, I remember being, when I was a student at University of Florida, I worked at, a, I was a screen printer, screen printed t-shirts. We worked with a lot of different local businesses in town, printing t-shirts or whatever else they needed. And these business owners coming in and had nothing but just awful things to say about Urban. Just being a jerk, very rude. Shelly wasn't much better either. By all accounts, that didn't change much after going up to Ohio State either. So obviously, again, a fantastic coach, but a terrible person. This isn't something that would be out of character for him. He needs to be fired. This is something that is right up his alley to do. Um, you know, he comes across, he tries to present himself man of faith, great guy, developing characters or humans into better characters. Uh, that's all BS to me. Um, I think he's all about having the best people on staff, winning as many games as he can. And I'm sure the Ohio State fans probably, I don't. That's his time at UF, pretty shady characters, right? Aaron yep. Hernandez is smoking people. You know, we've got people getting in fights, selling drugs, breaking laptops, threatening to kill girlfriends. Not the best characters. So why great would the coaching players. staff be any different? Very great football players. <laughs> why would you expect the coaching staff to be any different? Well, it trickles down from the top, which also leads me to believe that, okay, now I'm convincing myself maybe Ohio State did know something about it. So that's kind of where I stand. Well, I think all in all, a, a couple facts that are big is, did Ohio State know or didn't, knowing that it's 2000, this something happened in 2009 and they hired a guy, and, and obviously you you do a background check on a job. You have a lot more to lose by running if you don't do a background check. And number two is the media days at the Big Ten where he stated, they had just fired Zach Smith, and he stated this was the first that he heard of it. And now this recent statement he came, he uh, posted on Friday said he reported this up the chain to his administration. That's a complete contradiction. Okay, one in one place you said I, I knew about it. I, this is the first I've heard about. It. And the second you said I reported it up the chain. I was not prepared at the Big Ten media days, so I'm sorry that I misspoke and that my words were not, I guess, accurate. So that's a complete lie. He's he's caught in a web. All in all, I think what's going to happen with him is he's going to get suspended for a couple games. I do not think that he's going to be 
gone and fired for the rest of the season or, you know, and not coaching college football again. One, he's got a lot of money to be paid out, 30-something million dollars. He's going to find a way to get that money back. Um, so the proof is going to have to be pretty, pretty cut and dry. And number two, I think that since the conversations were with his wife, right, from Zach Smith's wife to Urban Meyer's wife, I think she's a university employee. I think she's a, she's a nurse. She works with the university, works with kids. They have a right for Title IX. She's going to take the fall for it. They're going to fire her, um, remove her from the school premises. Urban will get some kind of uh, punishment for it, and, and things will be you know, all well, and they'll win a couple games here and there at Ohio State. Well, I feel like anybody who's married understands that if she didn't tell him that they have a horrible marriage, which wouldn't shock me. By wouldn't shock me, I mean there, there have been reports it may not be a great marriage anyway. Correct. So if she goes and takes the fall for him, their marriage falls apart, he falls apart mentally, gets back on the drugs he was on at UF, has another heart attack, it, so now Ohio State's going to kill him. That's what's going to happen. They're going to kill Urban Meyer if they don't fire him. Wow. So you, I understand what you say needs to happen, but what do you think – Sum it all up, put in a bow. What do you think actually happens to Urban? I think they fire him. I think they have to. I think he's backed himself in a corner. He either sent up the flagpole, and then Ohio State takes the fall as an organization, an, an institution, or they fire the head coach for not revealing the information. I think he's done. Okay, so Kyle thinks he's done, not going to coach at all this season. I think Urban is going to coach again this season, probably not all the games. But we'll Couldn't see. happen to a better person. We'll find out in 14 days when this committee is done investigating. We'll report back. So we will report back. Our favorite school, FSU, Florida State University, Boo. has had some serious issues this offseason with their graduates. Jameis Winston, not the best offseason for him. Your boy, Kelvin Benjamin had nothing but stand-up things to say about the Carolina organization and Cam Newton bashing them, bashing Cam, and basically saying it's not a very good quarterback. So it got me thinking, all right, you know, he may actually be onto something. Is Cam Newton actually a top 10 quarterback in the league? And so I went through, I'm making a list, and it actually is a little more difficult than I thought. I figured... You know, I, I know exactly where he is in the league, know where he stands. Putting together your top ten quarterbacks in the league, not so easy. I would assume you would have, at the top, the same as me. So I'm going to give you my top four. Okay. And then you, and then you just let me know your thoughts. These are, my, these are Kyle's top four quarterbacks in the league in 2018. All right. Okay. Tom Brady, number one. I've heard of him. He's okay. He's been known to win some big games. Greatest quarterback of all time, in my opinion. That could be a conversation for another day if need be. A little, little flabby stomach, though. I don't know if you've seen some pictures of him on um, vacation. How Giselle makes up for it, though. You know, he hangs out. He surrounds himself with good people. Julian Edelman, 
come on, let's be honest. That guy, he, he's a good-looking dude. He is. He is. Good-looking dude. He uses steroids to maintain. That's okay. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. It doesn't hurt <laughs> me. Okay. So you got Tom Brady. Tom Are Brady you giving us a – this is list – This is in order. This is in numerical I'm, I'm giving them to you in order. Tom okay. Brady, number one. Now, you may not have them in this order, but I, okay. I just – I feel like the top four is pretty universal or should be. Okay. Now, it, you may disagree with that. Aaron Rodgers, number two. Many people have him at number one. I can get on board with that. Hard to, for me to argue against Brady, though, in his success. Big Ben is number three for me. Wow. Two Super Bowls. Guy's got a cannon. We're talking about abuse against women. May have had some issues in a bathroom in his earlier days, locking women in. <laughs> you know, that's all hearsay. But heck of a quarterback. I think he's he's pretty hard to beat. Drew Brees is my number four. I do feel he is the beneficiary of a system in some ways with a lot of short throws. Nevertheless, an incredible quarterback, consistent, steady, always healthy. Those are my top four. Your thoughts? I like them. I I would say um, Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you can go back and forth on who's one or two. It's just going to depend on what you value more, championships or... Uh, accuracy, moving around the pocket, or, or skill. Because, I mean, skill level, Aaron Rodgers just ha- checks a lot of boxes on there. So I, I'm, I'm not upset with that. Big Ben going three kind of was alarming a bit. But my honestly, my first thought when he goes to three was, oh, Peyton Manning. But he's not playing anymore. I, he played so long that I just, I, I don't know, for some reason, I still think Peyton Manning is playing in the now. NFL. Commercials. He's just commercials and trying to get rid of the Papa John's brand. This is the main thing he's trying to do. You got it. But um, I'm okay with Big Ben. I, I don't know if he's number three, but then I start thinking about who else is number three, right? And you, you go – I'm, I'm going to think about it in terms of teams, right? Patriots have been in the Super Bowl pretty much every year from the AFC. The only other teams to go – it's either the uh, Steelers or Ravens. I'm not going to put Joe Flacco in the top four um, from there. So I, I don't I don't mind uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Could you say Matt Ryan is top four? That might be a little high. That might be a little high for him. So I, I'm I'm good with I'm good with Ben there at three. I actually now that I think about it, I would put Drew Brees at three and Ben Roethlisberger at four. Drew Brees, a little older now, but he can still bring it, and just, he's self-explanatory. There's no reason that Drew Brees should not be number three uh, quarterback. So, I I like those four. I'll just change a couple of the orders there, and I I think we're good. Actually, now that I think of it, though, there's one guy, if was completely healthy, healthy, I would put number three, Andrew Luck. He's in my top ten. He's not in my top four. So I will get to him. But I don't disagree in regards to health. I still don't think he goes above and beyond these four, though. I don't think he has done what these four have done yet. 
These are all Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, number one. They've had longevity, number two. Luck hasn't proved to have that at this point. His skill set probably is the best of all of those. I think he has the potential to be a better quarterback than all of them. But he's got to prove it first. It's true. All four of those quarterbacks are Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. And really the only ones left besides the other Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in the league are Joe Flacco, Nick Foles. That's not true. Oh, there's You're one. missing one. So my number five, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's my number five. I I will tell you, my five through eight, I, I was very... I didn't have a difficult time ranking them. Again, I'm okay with them being in a different order, but I, one through eight was very easy for me. Russell Wilson, number five. Again, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Winning matters to me as a quarterback. That's very important. He is more mobile than the other ones on this list. I think he knows when to run. He's very smart. And, again, has stayed healthy. Uh, maybe not, hasn't had the best team around him in the past year, but before did have you know good teams, which allowed him to reach the Super Bowl. Very steady, very consistent. Phillip Rivers is my number six. I'm Ooh. a huge Rivers guy, and I know that might be a wild card. I know some people don't like him. May not. He's a little rough around the edges, a little honky. Um, I like it, though. Dude comes out to play every day. He grinds. He's almost a Russell Westbrook-type player for me. He is going to come out and just go all in every game. Doesn't have a great supporting cast. Plays played in San Diego. Not a great market. Now in L.A., I still don't know if that's a great market. I don't know if they have a great brand. So they, you know, you're not going to get a ton of support. Love him. Doesn't doesn't cuss either. Is uh, Mormon, I believe, and has like ten kids. Philip um, Rivers. Yes, Philip. There's Rivers. no way that's correct. I. I know my Philip Rivers facts because I am a big Philip Rivers fan. I was a big fan of him versus Jay Cutler back in the day with the Broncos and Chargers when they would play each other uh, back and forth. And Philip Rivers is Mormon. Yes, Philip Seymour Rivers. The only Philip Seymour I know is Hoffman. <laughs> well, that didn't you, end you well. don't you don't know him because he's dead. But Philip Rivers had went to let's 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 find out here because this is important. This went is to a NC key State. topic. He went to NC Dude's State. Dude's definitely from the South. The way he talks. He's from Athens, Alabama. You're correct. Born in Decatur, Alabama. Nobody from Decatur's Mormon. No. That's where the Utes go. That's Ute country. I'm, I'm telling you, I remember watching an interview. It wouldn't surprise me if he had ten kids. Dude's a stud. He he's definitely he's a, he's not Mormon. He's a devout Roman Catholic. Married his junior kind high school sweetheart. The same. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he married his junior high school sweetheart, and she converted to the Catholic faith. They have eight children, not ten. That's okay. still quite a bit. 
he does not cuss at all. Rivers lives as about as modestly as one can when his career earnings are bumping up against. How many, How much do you think Philip Rivers' career earnings are? Career earnings? I would say career earnings, they have to be pushing $100 million. Twice. $200 million. Wow. $200 million. Wow. Which is fantastic. And I, I will say, a good funny Philip Rivers story I heard was when one of the new coaches came into San Diego and wanted to do a lot of team morale, team boosting, pretty strict, and said everybody must wear ties to press conferences. So Philip Rivers says, I'm not going to wear a tie. If And the coach said, You're, you have to. So he wore a bolo. Right. I'm <laughs> big fan of bolo. Big, big fan. Big fan. But... I like it. Philip Rivers. He, he's a good guy. You know who reminds me of? Baker Mayfield. Johnny Manziel. They're he's a clean close. version of Baker and Johnny Manziel. They both yell at yell at their teammates. They both yell at opponents. They both give it their all, except one of them has eight kids. The other probably has eight kids, but doesn't know about it. <laughs> eight legitimate kids. It, yeah. Here's the big <laughs> difference between Philip Rivers and Baker Mayfield. Philip Rivers is good, and Baker Mayfield is not. <laughs> That's the biggest difference. The other difference is size. Baker Mayfield's going to get shredded. There is no comparison. I appreciate your <laughs> input, though. I think on the field, they're pretty comparable. They're comparable because they're both confident. Baker's cocky, grabs his crotch, wears a stupid headband. He's an idiot. Okay. You're an idiot. Well, <laughs> things have turned for the worse. So back to your um, top ten quarterbacks. So I got Wilson five, Rivers six, Matt Ryan is seven. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan seven. I I like him. I like how he plays. He made it to the Super Bowl, as we all know. May or may not have lost it. I don't know if it's 100% his fault. I like him. Um not my top five, in my top ten, steady, consistent, and to round out my top eight, Matt Stafford. I think this guy has a ton of talent. He's got a rocket arm, horrible team, horrible franchise, hasn't had an opportunity to do a lot. Very similar to Phillip Rivers. I think, you know, just a horrible franchise, it's hard to succeed in that position regardless of your talent. So that rounds out my top eight. Okay, so I, I like Russell Wilson. I'm, I'm on board with that. I I almost now want to put him up. I almost want to put Russell Wilson up a little bit above Big Ben Roethlisberger. You could make the argument on it. Put Aaron Rodgers two, Drew Brees three, um, and then Russell Wilson maybe four. Him, him and Ben Roethlisberger switch between four or five. Ben does have two Super Bowls, so I will give him give him that. But it, it's all about the defense, much like Russell Wilson. But uh, both of them are very similar where now as they've grown older, they win Super Bowls early, it's up to them now to carry the team, right? The team has kind of shifted. It's not a defensive-minded team anymore, although they, they still have a heavy influence on it, but the head coaches have wanted to make it um, an offensive-based team and, and, and suit the quarterback's strength. So I, I like those four and five. Um Going next to Phillip Rivers, I, I don't know if I put him as high as five or six there. Uh, him and Matt Ryan, I could go, I could go back and forth. 
uh, from that. I, I will say Phillip Rivers has done it more consistently than Matt Ryan, but Phillip Rivers is also throwing a lot more interceptions than Matt Ryan, and I don't know if that's a guy that you want to have at the end of the game. He He's close. He always brings his team back. When they're down two or three touchdowns in the fantasy league, we'll bring it back. But then he'll throw the late interception right before the game's end and won't win the game. Matt Ryan has proved that he can win the games. He hasn't proved he can got one the biggest, but he had an incredible run uh, a couple years ago when they lost to the Patriots. And if you're going to lose, you might as well lose to the Patriots, which I, I don't like saying. I'm going to retract that because I don't like saying. If you're going to lose, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Um, from there. So I'll bump Matt Ryan up. I, I don't doubt that. Um, Russell, no, not Russell. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Ooh, Matt Stafford. So he, he's an interesting fellow. I, I think he's been pretty consistent. I think he has a great arm, great talent. But again, too many interceptions. Would I put Alex Smith above Matt Stafford? Now I'm trying to figure out what what am I measuring, right? After the top four and you pick the Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, what is the what is the criteria now? Is the criteria still helping your team? Who gives? I'm not about who the best quarterback is at our talent because Matthew Stafford I think would be top two or three with with the intangible not the intangibles the tangibles that he has arm strength pocket awareness, he can move around in, in speed. Aaron Rodgers would be number one, without a doubt, for the quarterbacks on there. So if I, I talk about who is the who are the best people that can help their team win and get that chance to the Super Bowl, I'm going to say Matt Ryan. I'm going to say Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is up there. He helps his team win, makes good decisions, and I'll say Alex Smith. Alex Smith has always helped his team win, has always been in contention, um, and it is a, his stats are phenomenal. I think he's an underrated guy, and, and, I, and I would put him up there before I would um, some of the other guys. Love Alex Smith. As we discussed, Andrew Luck is going to make my top ten. I'm putting him at nine, so I don't have Dak in there. I feel like Luck has had a more successful career, has done more than Dak up to this point, so I'm throwing him at nine with an asterisk if he's healthy. Alex Smith rounds out my top 10, shown consistency for a long, long time, continues to be healthy, is mobile, didn't play for great franchises at the time, but was able to help them win, be successful. You know, you kind of answered my question. I would put Cam Newton in the top 10. I think he gives his team the best chance to win. They're always in contention with him playing well. And you have too many people in your top 10. This is a top 10. It's in top 12. Oh. Who are you subbing out? Who am I kicking out? Who are you kicking out? I'm not putting Andrew Luck in there because not he has proved not there. to be consistent, right? I want people who've been consistent year in and year out. And I believe... What about Dak? Now you're still at 11. Dak? Dak, Smith, or Cam? I would take... you got, you got to drop I'd one I'd take Dak out. Take out Dak. Uh, take out Dak. He has a shorter sample size from this. Alex Smith has a big sample size, and so does um, Cam Newton. So you're so, throwing Cam in there instead of Andrew Luck? I would throw Cam in there instead of Andrew Luck. Okay. I disagree. I wouldn't. Cam's a wild card. 
He is. But I, I like, I don't know if you like stocks that have high invest, high investment potential, you know, that, that have high reward, high payoffs. You know, you can always live your life having the simple, you know, Procter and Gamble. Google, you were just talking about this. Matt Ryan being safe and secure and losing in the Super Bowl. What, now you're contradicting yourself. No, no, I'm not. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not contradicting myself. I will say Cam Newton, I think I put him in my top 10. My, oh, but Andrew Luck has been good, so maybe I do have to change somebody. That's tough. There's a tweener. There's a 10A and a 10B. You can't do that. That's not the game, Juan. Make a decision. Okay, so my decision. Any good youth would know how to make a decision. <laughs> Stand firm. They sell. That's what the youths do. They sell. So I will say, for the finish up in my top 10, the quarterback that I would put in there is Cam Newton, the top 10 quarterback. Right now, because Andrew Luck is not healthy, I will say Cam Newton is a top 10 quarterback. Andrew Luck is not healthy right now. We don't know his status, and we don't know if he's ever going to play again. He hasn't thrown in about two years. So currently, right now, top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, Cam Newton's there. Kelvin Benjamin disagrees, and so do I. Well, Kelvin Benjamin disagrees with me, and that's that's okay, because I won't be betting on him anytime soon in my fantasy football league, or in any kind of leagues, in DraftKings, or football games, or any of that, because now you can actually bet on football games legally, I believe, in a couple states, <laughs> like New Jersey, if New Jersey is considered a state. Well, it's not. No, no real American would throw Jersey in as 50 states. Puerto Rico's got to be in before Jersey, right? You know, growing up in Puerto Rico for a lot of my life, my uh, family being Puerto Rican, I would say I'd rather have New Jersey in than Puerto Rico. Have you been to New Jersey? I've been to the Garden State, as they call it. How many gardens did you see? I saw a lot of dumpsters. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I think as far as sports gambling is concerned, obviously the feds have said this is now legal. It can be done throughout the country, and then states have to legalize it um, individually. Yes, a few states have. I think it's only a matter of time before all of them do. The question is, is how is this going to affect sports themselves? We've already seen the NBA uh, create relationships with, I believe it's MGM, as a sponsor for the league, they're the official um, casino sponsor, I guess it is, of the league. And I think it's only it was only a matter of time before this happened, and I think it's only a matter of time before all sports have some form of casino sponsorship and gambling partnership and start seeing profits from that. I think the big question that everybody's concerned with is, will this affect the games themselves? We've seen in the past Tim Donahue throwing games in the NBA. Uh, will that continue to happen? We've started to, you know, we see teams in Vegas now, whether it's hockey or we see the NFL moving there. So it, this was already something that was starting to transpire anyway. I personally, I don't think it's a big deal. I think legalizing sports gambling is a good thing anyway. I don't think it's going to have any effect on any games or any of the sports whatsoever. 
What say you? I'm excited. I, I think uh, I've I've gambled. I've uh, gone to legal websites to uh, gamble or legal online websites. Let's say. Let's be careful. Um, we don't know who's listening to, to this. To gamble, on um, there's some as long as it's a European site, you're you're okay. Is um, this the dark web we're talking about? How do you find these sites? Uh, really, just Google. I mean, just Google sports. Actually, I will say. Do you I, ever Google Nigerian <laughs> princesses to, to donate no, money? No, they, they they find me. But <laughs> I think that I will tell you a funny story. I found about all this gambling addiction was at a friend, which you know very well. Um, bachelor party was in Las Vegas, and it was during March Madness. And it was phenomenal. March Madness. You go out there. You wake up. You play, play some money on the games, you drink, you have a good time, you eat, you just keep going, you double it up, and it's it's fantastic. It was, it was a great, great, horrible, great time. So when I got back, it was still March Madness, and I was a young guy, you know, I was I had a couple beers, and I just think to myself, man, I really want some action on these games. How can I get some action on these games? So I started Googling, trying to find where can I bet online, where can I bet online, and I found all these websites, and it was fantastic. I went a little bit overboard where I even went to a website that had free picks, and I said, oh, this is fantastic, free picks. I am going to win so much money off of this, it's going to be great. And by so much money, I mean my limit was probably $20 that I'm putting in here. Regardless, I called this website and I said, they have free picks. They told me just to give them a call. Why, why don't I do this? I called them. It's a guy from New Jersey. Shocker. His name, Shocker. <laughs> his name is Ace. No way. True statement. His name was Ace. I have it probably in my old phone, the voicemail of this um, guy. And his name, oh, Ace, Lord. just says, hey, this is Ace. How are you doing? I got a lock on all these things. What do you want? What do you want to play today? First half, second half, over or under. Uh, just pay me $100 and I'll give you all the picks. I go, oh, oh, I definitely got the wrong number. So I hung up, realized what I had done, and still signed up for the online betting site to actually place a wager and just kind of went on my way. Um, I love gambling. I'm so glad we all got to experience step one of your addiction <laughs> counseling. This is literally exactly how these addiction classes start. You share your story, you say exactly what you just said, and we all say thank you for sharing, Juan. Hi, my name is Juan, and I have a gambling problem. It started in 2011. Well, so this is obviously the concern that everybody has because now you're going to start gambling, you're going to start losing, you're going to start threatening refs and players, and you're going to start betting on the local class 2A high school women's field hockey games and start threatening high school kids in the parking lot. It's going to turn really ugly. Yeah, I've changed my opinion. You're, I now hate it. You're not going to go that far out, though, because I will say, so I, I made an account. I went to one of the local 
well not local, the online betting accounts, put $20 in. I talked to a friend who had done something like this, and they said, listen, whatever you do, here are a couple rules about betting. Number one, only bet when you're pretty sure of the game. You know, you feel really confident, you have some good things. Don't bet just to bet, just, just bet to be confident. So I'm like, okay, cool, I got, I got a couple ideas, whatever. Later on, we, or him and I are, are, are playing or, or hanging out, something, he goes, hey, so how's the betting going? I'm like, oh, good, I, I'm up about $5, $10. I got a bet on a, uh, on a hockey game. I think it's a pretty good lock over under. He goes, what do you know about hockey? I said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> he said, you're an idiot. <laughs> this is exactly the unintended consequences that happen. And it's just like, just like a vacuum, it sucked me in. Quicksand, quicksand. It, it, it took me what away. What level hockey was this? This was the NHL hockey. Okay. Um, the Bruins versus, I don't remember who else. I don't think, at, at that point, I may have watched three hockey games in my life. Um, I won. I did, <laughs> I did win. Well, that makes it better. But these are the kind of stories that are horrible and only feed to the addiction. I did a... A MBA project at UF and for business law we had to do a project on you had to take one side versus the other and the topic that we had randomly drawn to us was sports betting this exact same topic on whether we should legalize it or not so we were we flipped a coin and we were on the it should not be legalized the other team was on the legalize it, and the class would vote on who had the better argument from that. I was so excited. I was a little bit upset that they were talking about, you know, I was on the opposed side from, from legalizing because of my experiences with, <laughs> with betting and over-unders things. But after I'd done so much research, I was 100% in on I think it's a horrible idea to legalize betting. I think the unintended consequences would be horrible. I think that it would be such a black market out there for, for people that are to gamble and it would still continue. I think it would lead to a lot more crime, a lot more robbery, and a lot of different places that are currently profiting from gambling being somewhat illegal and still doing it are going to suffer even more and there's just going to be too many consequences that we, we can't handle for that. So the illegal bookies are going to lose money and that's what you're worried about? <laughs> you're yes. right. Let's, illegal bookies, if you're listening, one is fully in support of you. My opinion is I'm tired of all these current addiction crises, the opioid crisis, blah, blah, blah. It's so old. Let's get a new addiction in there. Sports gambling, now it's legal. Now it's going to be a real issue. Now I have something new to talk about. This is going to be great. Let's do it. I'm in. The opioid addiction? You're, you're tired of people dying because of the heaviest drug out there? Yes, I'm tired there. of people dying. That's terrible. You're tired of us talking about other people dying. Yeah, let's not talk about it anymore. Let's talk about a new addiction. Let's get something else <laughs> Let's going. just throw something else that people yeah. are dying about. So now that we're yeah legalizing sports gambling, we're going to have a new addiction to talk about. People are going to start dying because of sports gambling. Thanks a lot, America. Thanks a lot. So you're horrible. You're a horrible human being. You have no heart, and you stink. All I'm saying is, 
there's no way this ends well. You know, people are going to make more money. The leagues are going to make more money. The country's going to make more money because of it. All at the expense of the American citizen. What do you think it promotes? Do you, do you have any issues with the, oh, it promotes bad financial stability, by bad financial coaching, it, and any of that? It, it, yeah, no. In all honesty, I do think it's um, a good idea to legalize it. It's going to happen regardless. I don't think, I truly don't believe more people are going to gamble now. I don't think it's going to create an atmosphere of increased gambling. Um, I don't. I think it's there will be unintended consequences, but it's going to be to certain businesses and how the casino and gambling market currently operates. I don't think it's going to be to the average American citizen. To myself, who doesn't currently bet on sports, um, you know, unless I go to Vegas, that's the draw to Vegas. There's, um, or excuse me, that is not the draw to Vegas to go off and bet on. <laughs> I There's a couple that, other things that, you can do. Well, you know, I I will bet on games when I go to Vegas, but that's not why I go out there. Um, you know, I I don't think you know if it is legalized in Florida, am I going to start betting on games left and right? No. If we, you know, if buddies bet on a game here and there, yeah, okay, we'll do that. But legalizing sports betting doesn't mean I'm going to be like, okay, well, now it's legal. Now I can do it as much as I want. That's not how it's going to work. I'm not going to bet any more than I already do. I'm not going to bet any less than I already do. I think it's a very minimal percentage of Americans who do it. So I think it's a good thing. I, I think it's going to actually regulate it much more than it currently is. You know, which because you you started by talking about googling literally betting sites and in Europe and stuff. I now that won't take place. So now you're going to end that. That is the skit. You had your boy from Jersey calling you again, some foreign country nobody wants to go to. <laughs> no, get that out of here. Now you're going to be going down to the Greyhound tracks with Dusty. <laughs> The 85-year-old degenerate <laughs> placing bets, it's going to be great. You know which sport, though, is going to profit the most out of this that promotes gambling the most? Promotes gambling the most. What sport do you think, out of all of them, promotes gambling? NFL. Without a doubt. I would... Well, I agree... To some point, though, I would also say golf. Golf promotes gambling. The While most. you're playing, not when you're watching, not as a spectator sport. Not as a spectator sport, but golfers. There's a lot of golfers in the world. There's a lot of golfers in the U.S. And anytime you're playing, you gamble. If you're a golfer, you're a gambler. So that... It's just those those go yeah, to those it, go it, together. It's it's almost like you know golfing's a lot like you know playing cards. You know it's which is gambling. Correct, but that's my point. It's not you. You aren't gonna sit there. You're not gonna watch the World Series of Poker on ESPN and place bets on guys playing poker, right? It's the same well, concept for golf. I mean, you might have you, you know if you're at a tournament, you might. You throw down dollar bets, you're gonna hit the green, stuff like that. But those are prop bets, right? You're not gonna. Most people aren't betting two hundred dollars on Tiger Woods to win the PGA Championship. People do. Don't get me wrong. People are gonna bet on every sport. That's but 
I, I feel like that's while you're actually playing. I, I feel like that's a completely different concept. Playing pool, playing, you know, those, we call them sports. <laughs> Let's be honest. Come on. Well, so you're saying golf isn't a sport? No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying golf is similar to those where you are gambling while you're playing, not as a spectator. Yeah. I think it promotes, out of any sport that you play, it's like, if you play this sport, you're going to gamble. It's a guarantee. Are you saying the PGA players will now gamble more? I'm because saying... In the individual sports are by clearly the easiest to throw, to you know mess up. If you're leading by two, oh, maybe you hit one in the water on 18 to double bogey. Absolutely. You know, Sure, absolutely. But I don't know. I... You know, again, I don't, why, to me, legalizing sports gambling, I don't think that, if somebody's already doing that, willing to do that, just because it's now legal in the state where you're gambling, are you going to be more prone to do that? I don't believe so. Okay. Well, one last thing. Let's, I'm going to give you, there are 13, I believe, 13 states that have, ruled in favor of, um, no, besides New Jersey, seven other states and 13 other states, so 20, have ruled uh, gambling legal in their territory, in their state. I want you to give me the oddball one that you would feel like is, would be the most fun to go to and place a wager Ooh, that's and have a great fun. question the most okay so I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you and, and it can't be one of the ones like you know off the top of your head you're going to think Biloxi Vegas sure. somewhere in California sure. your favorite place New Jersey one of those but sure. I'm, I'm going to give you the states and you just give me a, a left field out of left field place that you would love to go gamble okay. okay so we have Connecticut Delaware Pennsylvania Iowa New York Mississippi West Virginia. The other 13. California, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Michigan, Missouri, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, and South Carolina. This is easy. Massachusetts. Because I cannot imagine all these Bostonians up there gambling and just going insane watching the Celtics or the Patriots or the Sox lose. That city would burn to the ground. Definitely Massachusetts. I can't... Oh, man. All, yes, all those crazy... What are they called? Townies? All the crazy townies in Boston? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They Pack the car! Yeah. They would lose their ever-loving minds. They Pure entertainment would be just fantastic. Okay. My first thought here was Kentucky. Louisville. I've been to Louisville, Kentucky a lot. It is a great place. Bourbon flows like the wine of Capistrano. It is fan fantastic. And I, their, horse, their horse country, country, horse city, horse state, I should say, and it would just be a lot of fun to drink bourbon, bet on sports. You always have horses there as well. It's just going to be a nonstop 
party fest, gambling fest. You're going to lose all your money and you're going to end up, I don't know, broke and drunk. Drunk, broke, alone. Alone. Sounds terrible. As you should. You're such a degenerate. As as you should. Close second. Close second would be Oklahoma. But. Well, I'm glad we've established that you're a degenerate. And we'll start working on these issues. Next week, we'll take step two. Yeah, but those those definitely will be very fun cities to gamble in. I like it. Everybody's favorite time, the lightning round. Hit it, Juan. Lightning. Round. Okay, so... Um, the first <laughs> that was that was, was so bad. Did not keep a straight face. So first topic. Here's the headline. You're going to discuss what you know about it. First thing that comes to your head. Headline. We watched Johnny Manziel's CFL starting debut. We won't get fooled again. Good topic. Bad topic. Do you think he played well? I think it was the least surprising thing I've ever seen in any football game of all time. Fair enough. Do you even know his stats or how he did? I know he threw four interceptions, and I saw all of them, and they were all terrible. There was one that wasn't just the worst decision ever, much like his life. You Wait, you watched all of his his whole game? Not the, the whole game, all the highlights. <laughs> and by highlights, I mean lowlights. Just the highlights, just the interceptions. Where did you watch these highlights at, though? I don't know, Juan. YouTube TV? <laughs> the interweb? I, I, I didn't know if ESPN showed them or if it's 2018, Juan. You can see anything you want at any time. I mean, you don't even watch the NFL Hall of Fame game, but you're watching Johnny Menzel. We talked about this last week. Everybody loves a good car accident. It was fantastic. Except the people in the accident. Okay, Fact. next topic, Kyle. All right, Juan. Our boy Fat Phil, Phil Mickelson's new commercial is blank. Amazing. Well calculated. It is the best thing that he's done. Of course it is cheesy. Of course it's kind of like the old dad that thinks he can still dance, still has the moves. But the fact that he did it, he went with it, and in this tournament last weekend, he was actually doing the dance and trolling all of us. For those of you that know what a troll is, just Google it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna explain it. Never mind. Um, he did a great job w- with it, and I-, I couldn't stop watching it. I've watched it probably 20 times by now, and I-, I think he did a great job. It is amazing. Props to him. So while we're on the golf conversation in last week's tournament, the World Golf Championship, Justin Thomas smoked the field. He now has three wins for the year. Dustin Johnson still. Sitting at three wins for the year. PGA Championship is this week. If you have to pick between JT or DJ, who you got this week? I'm going to go with uh, JT. One, he won last week, so he's playing hot. And number two, he won the PGA Championship last year. So I'm looking like a Brooks Kepka thing where he won the U.S. Open twice. Maybe JT can win it twice again. DJ won two weeks ago. Crushed it on Sunday. Played much better than JT on Sunday. He's got a hot hand. It's a different course than last year. I'll take DJ. Long. Um, so, NFL Hall of Fame was this weekend, as we all know. Which speech did you like more? Ray Lewis or Terrell Owens? Terrell Owens. 
Why is that? Because I didn't see it. <laughs> and Ray Lewis is obnoxious and long. So Terrell, I don't care what Terrell said, it was better. <laughs> I actually did not watch Terrell Owens either, and but I did watch Ray Lewis's. I did not finish watching Ray Lewis's because he talked so long that I fell asleep and needed to get ready for my golf tournament, which I finished fourth and beat all my friends. Shout out to me. Um, Ray Lewis, though, I did watch a couple clips the next day. I guess he talked about the U. He was very, he, he was like a pastor up there, right? Talking about everything and, and, and what was going on. Good for him. Great player. Glad, glad he uh, changed his life around after probably murdering or stabbing somebody in a limo. Um, but regardless, I, I will say that Ray Lewis... I don't remember what I was going to say anymore, so it doesn't matter. Ray Lewis is a killer. A murderer? Well, was, allegedly. No, once a killer, always a killer. You think so? I don't know. Let's ask Aaron Hernandez. (laughs) Oh, too soon. Speaking of Aaron Hernandez, what do we think about the NASCAR CEO just found out today was pulled over for in charged with a DWI. And for those of you who don't know what a DWI is, that's driving while intoxicated. His blood pressure, blood, excuse me, not blood pressure. <laughs> His blood alcohol content was 0.18, not too bad, but he had a lot of drugs on him. Thoughts? Quite possibly the most ironic arrest of all time. There's nothing better than the leader of a an auto racing organization being pulled over and arrested for driving whilst intoxicated. Um, we've all made poor decisions in our lives, but this has to be just the worst decision of his life. And I, it, the, the irony is just mind-boggling to me. Guy's an idiot. Do you think he makes it back? Of course, it's NASCAR. These fans, NASCAR fans, do you think they care? They don't even get the internet. They don't even know this happened. <laughs> I mean, I know. What's more likely, NASCAR CEO comes back or Urban coaches back this year? NASCAR CEO, by far not even close. This guy's going to be driving next week. He's going to be driving to the next race. No, I think that Urban, it's more likely that Urban comes back versus that um, NASCAR guy comes back. What's worse, covering up sexual abuse, or not sexual abuse, excuse me, any, well, any abuse, I guess, physical abuse, or DWI? Yes, yes to both. I think What's they're worse? Both, they're both Has to be an horrible. Well, seeing that Urban didn't do it, right? And let's covered it up. He covered it up. Who knows? Did they they try to give him help though? Who knows? That's like you being my boss and me beating my wife, and you're gonna get fired for it. Yeah, but your wife would kick your ass, so I'm not worried about that. Oh, okay. Well, maybe Zach Smith. If I was a football player, maybe then she could have beat my ass. So what would you do then? (laughs) Exactly. Anyways, that was uh, all the time we have for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening or for at least skipping through some of the parts and listening to some of it. We appreciate you all, and we will be back next week. See you next week.